Hey there, welcome to my podcast, uh, The Scene That Got You. I'm Dylan. I figured I should explain this thing real quick before I dive into the first episode, so I'll, I'll make it quick. This has been a small project of mine I've had in mind for a while that I finally decided to execute. After being tired of years of just trying to make things and failing, I had this, this here small passion project to sit down with a friend, or really anyone, to sit there and talk with them or interview them about their favorite film and why it is and how much it affected them. Now, it can be a deep conversation about the meanings of the film or the theming or anything really, or it could also be about just the person thought it was a popcorn film, you know, whatever their definition of their favorite is. Uh, I'm not here to discriminate against how a person thinks because I think it's the dopest thing in the world to see a person talk about their favorite things, whether it's film, books, sports, video games, you name it. Seeing a person light up and be passionate is one of the, just, like I said, the dopest things in life. And what what better than to record it and listen to it and hopefully people enjoy it, you know? So yeah, I hope to get one of these out at least once a month. Just sit down with a friend and really have a great conversation that hopefully you can enjoy on your car ride to work or sitting at home when you're bored, however anyone listens to podcasts, and hope that they enjoy it just as much as I do. I look forward to uh, hopefully getting feedback about this, and anyone that listens, thank you. I am sincerely <laughs> quite happy if you are listening to this, um, and I'm not going to drag on anymore. So without uh, further ado, here is the inaugural episode of The Scene That Got You. Thank you for listening. Hey, Brandon. Hi, Dylan. It's it's welcome to the the show. We're on the podcast. All right, this is gonna be really rough. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Anyways, um, we're gonna start it off pretty simple here, Brandon. Okay. Uh, as I'm probably gonna record an intro before later before this, and they'll get it. Sure. Uh, but uh, what movie did you pick out for me, man? The movie I have selected for today's show is. The Lion King. Oh, my God. Do you know what year The Lion King came out, Dylan? No. 1994. Wow. Do you know what year I was born, Dylan? No. 1994. Holy crap, me too. Wow. We have a lot in common. Dylan, this is our movie. We should make out. Maybe after the show. Oh, my God. An ASMR episode. (laughs) All right. So we're going to watch The Lion King. How long has it been your favorite, or is it one of your favorites? I wouldn't say it's my favorite favorite i often quote it as my favorite movie but i don't know if i necessarily have a favorite movie just in general but the lion king is one of those movies that's just in that echelon of this is a masterclass film to me okay so it's definitely one of the favorites it's just up there because it is really hard to choose a favorite movie yeah it's it's like when someone asks you what your favorite game is or your favorite show uh it's just something that's going to change with time and that doesn't necessarily mean there will be a point in my life where I don't like The Lion King. But right now, in my mind, Lion King's my favorite movie, or one of them. Well, tell me then, man, why is it your favorite? Um, I think it's like, for me, um, it's like Disney at its peak. It's like the last movie in that kind of era of like Little Mermaid and Aladdin um, before stuff like Emperor's New Groove and before they really transitioned to full-on 3D animated features, because now we have movies like Tangled and, and Frozen. Uh, we had The Princess and the Frog, which was the last, like, 
2D animated feature that I'm I think Disney did. Pretty sure, yeah. Uh, but in my mind, uh, The Lion King is like the last time they peaked. You know what I mean? Mm, like, I don't still... think they've gone above that since. So you do believe that Disney has actually technically gotten worse since The Lion King? Yeah, but I don't want that to mean that I don't like Disney today. Because uh, I know... I know Frozen is the butt of a lot of jokes, but I love that movie, and I'm not afraid to admit it. Do you feel like you have a little bit of 90s baby bias, as a lot of people do with our generation? Uh, it's interesting, because in the case of The Lion King, uh, no. Because I didn't really see The Lion King during that generation of my life. I don't think I became a fan of The Lion King until I was in my teenage years. Wow. So it's not really a thing of nostalgia as much as maybe I just saw that movie at a very critical point in my life in terms of, you know, creativity and, and that kind of thing. Uh, and I think it just, I think it just showed up at the right time for me. Um, 1994. <laughs> no. I, yeah. Probably in my teenage years. So no, I don't think nostalgia really has much to do with it in this case. Maybe now, but not when I first saw it. Of course. Well, we're about to find out, buddy. Oh um, boy. I think that's a... Uh... When's it? Wait, when have have you you've seen the lion king i'm assuming i have seen the lion king i you know i looked at you first of all Brandon. i i try and guess what people are going to choose for a favorite movie mm -hmm. and i looked at you and i said this guy's a lion king one and a half guy and i was half wrong oh not, <laughs> not lion king one and a half no <laughs> nor lion king two just lion king uh yeah i don't think one and a half or two especially two live up to the lion king one i mean the lion king two is one of those movies in the long line of direct-to-video sequels that Disney was doing, and those are just not... They're not worth your time. <laughs> I was so excited for Lion King 1.5. You have no clue. <laughs> I don't... It's not bad. I like it, but, like, it's just Lion King for me. <laughs> I think it's just because I, I grew up... I think my favorite part... I'm not going to get ahead, but I love Timon and Pumbaa a whole lot. Yeah, and they don't really have a ton of screen time in the original movie. Uh, and I think it just comes from that popularity. Like we have to give them their mm -hmm. their time. They had their own TV show. No, they did. I didn't yep. even know. There that. was an animated Timon and Pumbaa series. I don't remember how long it went for, but it's out there. Oh my god. Yep. Wow. You learn something every day, dude. Welcome to the Brandon teaches Dylan one fact about the Lion King podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no more. I don't want to hear any more. <laughs> if I hear one more, this podcast is canceled. Oh no. <laughs> uh, but um. I think it's time to actually watch the movie. Okay. I'm, I'm excited. I'm All prepared. Right. Let's do it. Okay. What happens? We watch the movie now, right? Yeah, we watch the movie now. What happens after that? We talk about the movie. Okay, great. Wow, wasn't that a time where we just watched that movie with some kind of transition right there? Wow, an entire hour and a half, but within in a second. An entire hour and a half anyways let's get to this brandon let's get to this discussion okay. big dog we yeah. touched on it in the pre-interview mm -hmm. but i gotta ask you again okay how did you come about watching the lion king like what was your was was there a first time do you remember it no you don't remember your first time i know it was like i my first time seeing it definitely i would have been like a young child but like my first time watching it and like getting it I would have been in my teenage years, I'm pretty sure. But I can't associate any singular memory with that. So it's just blank. You just know you love it. Yep. You were like, I've watched it. Can't remember. That's probably the 20th time I've seen the movie. <laughs> Did you like 
even though I, I, you have a terrible memory, uh, yes, do you were watching it with anybody? Like, was there anybody there? Did anyone introduce you to The Lion King? No. Was... I don't think. I think... No, the, the when I watched it, I probably watched it through means that we can't talk about on this podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> um, But, like, it was a deliberate decision to watch the movie. Mm-hmm. I think we had it on VHS growing up. Um, but at this point, like, we would have been well past that. It was the age of the internet, and I found a way to watch the movie. But it was, like, a deliberate choice. I know that. And it was alone. Brandon did a bad... We don't talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I can see the audio waveforms because it's like, that's a whisper. (laughs) I can tell. So, like, does Lion King mean anything to you Uh, in general? I think you can kind of go back to that tagline. And I have a, you know, like Mm -hmm. a painting. Not a painting. I have a still from the movie hanging up in my basement that says, remember who you are. Um, And I think that's mostly what it means to me. It's, you know, like one of the things that Simba goes through is neglecting his responsibility um, and just deciding to go on with his life and take every punch on the chin and just keep moving on, which in some respects is not a bad outlook on life. Uh, I think there's room for that, but you also can't neglect what you're supposed to be doing. And in his case, he was burying the entirety of the Pride Lands on his shoulder and basically ignoring them for an undisclosed amount of time. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what I relate back to is, you know, sticking to my guns, doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah, and I think that's basically what it comes down to. So after, you know, really watching it back for the first time in your teenage years, do you think it was a thing that was like a catalyst for change for you at all? Or was it a slow, like, changing thing? I don't think on its own that it was a catalyst for change. I th- Well... I guess I should say it was an inspiration for sure. Um, Whenever I think about that kind of thing, you know, my mind goes back to The Lion King. And there were several years of my life where I didn't really know what I was doing. I think, like, from 2012 all the way to, like, 2015, I was just, like, completely lost as far as who I was, what I wanted to do, and that kind of thing. So I guess, like, maybe unconsciously, I went back to that. I, I can remember the moment where everything changed for me. I'm not going to talk about it here, but it the moment is very similar to Simba's reconnection with his dad after Raifiki leads him to that moment and then proceeds to hit him over the head with a stick. That didn't happen to me, but <laughs> theoretically, not theoretically, uh, Metaphorically. Metaphorically, thank you. No problem. This is why there's two people in podcasts. (laughs) Uh, So it kind of branched off of that. I was going to talk about your inspirations. You you touched about how it it helped you kind of formulate all of this stuff here. Like for those tuning in here, Brandon is uh, has a YouTube channel that he's had for like what ten ten years over ten years over ten years. Uh, It's the Break Room Arcade. We're probably going to plug that a whole bunch from now on. Uh, like the Lion King helped you formulate. Did it? Did, how much did it play into the Breaking Arcade slash your YouTube journey? Again, it's it's probably more unconsciously, but I can definitely relate to Simba's journey there. I've been like I like you said, I've been doing YouTube for ten years, two thousand eight, like late two thousand eight into two thousand nine. Um, that's kind of when I started, you know, creating and mm-hmm. doing all that kind of stuff. 
And then I lapsed for a, a long time. And it wasn't until, you know, we started going to school together that certain events during that time kind of kicked me back into that gear again. And I know that's that's pretty common for a lot of people, especially creators who want to create, but they can't bring themselves to do it. And then eventually something happens that, you know, drives them over the edge. Or in some cases, they end up never creating at all, which is the worst outcome. We don't want that. I don't want that at all, man. That's what I'm afraid of. Well, that's why we're here right now. Hell fucking yeah, We're going boys. full circle. The, whole the circle. circle of life. Wow. He put, t- a, put a bow on it. He tied it in. I did wow, it. Wow, he did it. Oh uh, my gosh. What? what what's... uh? Stick out scenes, actors. Uh, what do you have a favorite actor or a character out of uh... James Earl Jones? James Earl Jones. Yeah. I mean, we watched it on five point one surround sound, and every time he talks, it just resonates in the room. <laughs> Goddamn right! That ultra HD. Yeah. Uh, we watched the ultra HD version. <laughs> I had never seen that before. It was real pretty still. Yeah, like, super crystal clear. That was pretty. Those colors, those reds popped. Mm-hmm. Those blues and greens. Speaking of uh, blues and greens, as a little sidetrack. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I figured it out. I, during this one, I never noticed it before, but Nala's eyes changed from blue to green and then back to, like, blue. Blue again? Yeah. Throughout the movie. I didn't notice. I've never noticed that until you mentioned it. And there was actually another time I noticed eye colors change. When when Simba is running after the ghost of his dad in the sky, there's, a, there's like, one frame where his eye goes from yellow to white. Oh. And then it goes back again. And I'm like, this is like a 25th anniversary remaster of the movie. You think they'd fix that kind of thing? But whatever, they fucked up. That's just, it's just, it's just part of the thing. And now we can. That's actually... why they're remaking it right. live action. The live action. They can't. They can't like they they messed the eye color up in that movie. Um, they call it live action, but it's, it's still animated. It's CGI. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, but as as far as. So yeah, James Earl Jones is like a standout actor for me. Uh, I don't know who voices Scar offhand, but that is one of my favorite performances uh, because he just exudes like that royal prissiness, that mm-hmm. kind of Frieza type character. Oh yeah, um, it's performed just super well. Uh, you can really, really feel just how high and mighty Scar thinks he is. Uh, and I think that makes him a great villain. Overall, Scar's whole villain arc is probably one of my favorites because he doesn't do anything violent necessarily, except for obviously killing Mufasa. Yeah, spoilers, by the way. If you haven't seen The Lion King, that came out in 1994. <laughs> it's what is, it's 20, 25 years old this now? This is the 25th it's anniversary. The 25th anniversary. Wow. Um, standout scenes for me. Uh, I think the opening to The Lion King might be one of the most prolific scenes in all filmmaking. Like, the trailer for the new version of The Lion King is just the opening. (laughs) It is, now that I remember it. It gets criticized a lot for being, like, shot for shot. Mm -hmm. Though I think in this case they were doing that as a tribute to that scene in particular. I don't think that will be reflective of the rest of the movie. Um, But yeah, just, like, it's a very empowering scene. The Circle of Life is a great song. Yeah. Uh, Seeing all of the uh, animals... Of uh, the Pride Lands bow down to their king as he steps up at the top of Pride Rock. Super cool. Uh, it's really bombastic, and it just fills me with energy. <laughs> really? So would you say that's the scene that got you? Wow. I think that's the scene that got me, Dylan. Wow. Wow. <laughs> we did it. 
We we tied it up. That's the title. You know what? Now that I think about it, you know, that scene in particular, like the the what's on screen is tied really closely together to the music. And ten years ago, back when I started making Machinima. <laughs> Uh, basically what I would do, and this is what a lot of film editors start out with, is uh, essentially like editing music videos. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no better way to craft that skill than to take a song, take some video, and make it look good together. And I think the opening to The Lion King might actually be a direct inspiration for uh, me on my editing journey. Wow. I specifically have probably imitated the like the final seconds of that opening where the music just cuts and it's the the lion king title screen i know i've replicated that at least twice i mean it's a good it's solid it's super good it is like it gets it's 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 just bam you got it yeah you got something there afterwards it's it's just oh i'm bleeding oh look at that wow wow that is a first and this is also the first episode wow oh Oh, uh, that's the circle of life dylan circle of life man oh and then the movie's book ended I mean, it's a classic thing that a lot of movies have done, but they, they start the movie with the scene, the circle of life, you see Simba being introduced to the world, and then the movie ends with Simba introducing his daughter to the world, played with the same song, and then ends the same way, the boom, the Lion King. Just, it nails all of its, its, its themes and plot so well. Like, it is a great movie. Yeah, like, throughout the movie, they, uh, obviously, they... When, uh, before the, uh, the wildebeest stampede scene, I think, let's see, Simba, Simba asks Scar, like, how cool the present is going to be that he's going to get from Mufasa. Of course, he's lying. And he says, oh, it's to die for. (laughs) And then I yelled out, is that a subtle hint? (laughs) (laughs) Foreshadowing in my movie? Yeah, this movie foreshadows a lot of events. Uh, there was one that you pointed out while we were watching it where uh where Simba and Nala they go to the elephant graveyard directly against what Mufasa tells him to do and when Muf- or when Mufasa yells at Simba and tells him to come here he like steps in a footprint mm-hmm. of his father's paw and you just linger on that shot for a second and you were like theming <laughs> visual storytelling yeah this movie is incredible at that oh yeah for sure. Like, it's a good thing to go back and study on if you like it, like, for film classes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I would choose that over watching Forrest Gump constantly because Forrest Gump has been <laughs> killed for me. <laughs> I, it's also a much longer movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love Forrest Gump, but oh, God. Um, touching on a topic earlier about the machinimas and animated music videos, I remember back in, oh, God, early sixth grade days when I was trying to do that. And I would try and collect gifts of anime, mm-hmm. but I never knew how to find them. And so I just have this Windows Movie Maker thing with a Linkin Park song, <laughs> <laughs> waiting, waiting for like a, enough Sasuke. Oh, and, specifically Sasuke. You know, I did that. I feel so ashamed, but I definitely tried to replicate that. Dylan, I've seen many, many Linkin Park AMVs specifically <laughs> featuring Sasuke, so I'm my heart is very much touched knowing that you went down that road. I never got this product, but I tried. It's funny that you say sixth grade because that is pretty close to the time that I think I would have begun. So I said, no, actually, you... you you got me beat by a few years, because 10 years ago now, I would have been 15, so I was in high school, actually. Mm-hmm. 
So, wow. I did not know that. Yeah, I've been trying for a long time, but Well, I mean, <laughs> at least we're here, right? Yeah, this is the fresh start. This is your podcast. I'll oh, let you yeah, take it. No, yeah, for sure. Uh, so would you say The Circle of Life is your favorite song? I don't want to go. So, like, obviously we love talking about meaning in our movies, and mm-hmm. Circle of Life uh, is a great introduction to that movie because it perfectly encapsulates what that movie's about. Um but no, I don't think it is. Really? I think my favorite song is actually the most playful song in the movie, uh, I Just Can't Wait to Be King. Yeah, that's, that's. I feel like maybe most people would say that one. It's a super bouncy song. The animation is wonderful during that scene. Super colorful and bright. It just, that's like the one song in the movie where the movie plays with its surroundings, but isn't afraid to, like, jump out of reality for a while. Because, uh, like, the colors are really sharp and bright, and then there's animals doing fantastical things that shouldn't be possible. Uh, <laughs> and the backgrounds are all, like, super colorful, and it's not necessarily in the desert where we've been. And I think that's the only song in the movie that does that offhand. Yeah, with all that, the the, the showmanship. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's the word I was it, looking it, for. It's, it's definitely, I Just Can't Wait to Be King is, is the showmanship song mm-hmm. and is the most decorated song out of there. Decorated's a good word. Yes. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, I think... I don't want to, like, take the cop-out answer, but I think that is actually my favorite song. A close second is probably Be Prepared. Great track. It's mm-hmm. it's basically Scar's big... His one number that he gets to tell you what he's up to. Uh, they set up... Scar's villain... His villain arc is set up so well. Because he, like, never outright says what he's going to do until that moment kill mufasa precisely (laughs) (laughs) it's plain and simple and to the point yeah he doesn't like drag out any exposition no he he really doesn't explain at all what he's going to do you just watch it happen the the whole scene where mufasa is killed by the the wildebeest stampede when he when scar puts his paws on top of mufasa's when he's hanging on the edge of the cliff and he says long live the king and he throws him off it's a really powerful moment for me but like the moment where you really find out how vicious and evil of a person Scar is is when he walks up to Simba afterwards, who's, you know, grieving his father's death. He's, you know, laying next to his body crying, and Scar walks up and blames Simba for it. Oh, well, this is your fault. I don't know if you knew that, dude, but you kind of did this. Uh, and Simba who obviously just had an incredibly traumatic experience, (laughs) asks his uncle Scar, what should I do? Run away. Never return. And as soon as Simba's far enough away, he just says, kill him. And then the hyenas go after him. And I'm like, wow, this guy's a dick! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, what a bastard. He's... He... That's not Disney evil. Like, we had Disney evil up to this point in all the previous movies. This is just straight-up bad dude. <laughs> <laughs> it brings me to a... It reminds me of something here. With this movie, and it, it's... It, you know, a lot of movies, anyone will talk about kill or, or death. But this one, it showed Mufasa's dead body. You didn't see it off-screen. It, like, it wasn't an off-screen moment. That's true. And I, I was trying to think, and maybe... Because I, I haven't watched a lot of Disney recently. Like, the last one I watched, was again, was Coco for the second time. Even though that one's all about death, so... Yeah, actually. But it doesn't show someone necessarily... Well, yeah, it actually does, but... In a different way. Yeah, it hasn't really... I don't think they've replicated a way how they showed 
an actual dead body in a Disney movie. I don't think... I don't think it's very frequent at all. No, in fact, I don't think it's ever happened again, at least not in that way. Like a violent death? Yeah. We, we've we seen other deaths, like you said, uh, spoiler alert, in, in Coco, yeah. but that's like a, a natural passing of life uh, due to old age. Unless there's another death in that movie that I can't think of right now. I'm trying to rack my brain thinking about deaths in Disney and how they handled it, but it was... I, there's Tarzan. Tarzan's a pretty traumatic yeah. kill. But it was also around the same time as Lion King. It would have. It was afterwards. Was right? it afterwards? I'm pretty sure. But like, you don't see it necessarily on screen. You see the the shadow of it happen, or the silhouette, I guess, of him like falling on top of a knife. Okay. Yeah. If I remember right. Uh, it's been a while since I watched Tarzan. And that's pretty brutal. But like, you watch Mufasa fall off the cliff. You watch him get murdered by another person or a lion in this case, and then you, you the the trampling is off screen, but. You basically see you it. You basically see it, yeah. They get you really in-depth with the whole trampling scene. And even Scar's death is pretty brutal. Yeah, it's another silhouetted one, but it is it is real tense. Yeah, they probably couldn't show him being torn limb from limb by his own minions. <laughs> which is one heck of a way to go. Yeah, it's one of Disney's more brutal deaths, I think. Yeah, I was thinking about that while we were watching it. I feel like this was the first and maybe only time where they just got violent and gruesome and really matter of fact about how these things go. It's, I mean, circle of life. They've never really gone back to that. No. You watch a guy, you watch Simba's father die and then you watch, well, watch in quotations, his uncle get torn limb from limb. <laughs> Do you, prefer the way of disney storytelling and the way of handling adult subjects to early disney as to opposed to disney now i feel like disney's more tactful these days uh not to say that the way lion king did it was bad but i think a child a young child in particular is more likely to come away from lion king traumatized than say coco or frozen yeah yeah, probably. <laughs> there are some really racy earlier Disney movies in terms of uh, just how they handled the adult themes. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, culture at the time had, you know, played into that as well, especially if you go further back. But yeah, I feel like they, they kind of hit a middle ground with this movie they've never quite replicated. Mm. And in some ways, I think that might be for the best. Pro probably. Yeah. I don't think... Uh, I don't think... The traumatic experience that Simba went through is something you want to show to your five-year-old. Because <laughs> it's pretty brutal. Like, the stampede scene is long. Mm -hmm. uh, you get really close-up shots of Simba's face, absolutely horrified at what's happening. Uh, and then, obviously, once again, Scar killing Mufasa. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think that would blow over as well today. Well, I mean, we're going to see with the, lot, the CGI one coming. That's true, but I think in, in in that case, that movie isn't necessarily directed at, uh, yeah, at children. It is possibly more just uh, it probably is aimed right at us. <laughs> it's aimed at the people who saw the first movie. Yeah, in its prime. But yeah, is there anything else you want to say about the Lion King, Brandon? I think it's a sweet story. Uh, it's a very relatable story. Honestly, anyone can relate to that. I mean, we talked about the the video stuff that you know, well, both of us do, but. I mean, even, like, discussing it with you now, I've already, like, related this plot in my mind to other people I know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just a, 
It's a powerful movie for me, plays into some of the editing techniques I use, and I think it holds up incredibly well. Yeah, so you're saying you'd recommend this film to people. Yes, I absolutely would recommend The Lion King from 1994, Walt Disney Pictures. <laughs> so anyone listening now that hasn't watched The Lion King, uh, you, got a, you got a recommendation from our old Brandon here. Yeah, we've pretty much covered a lot of it here. Um, the only thing we haven't covered is the fact that you owe me $9.99. Oh, my God. Thought <laughs> <laughs> so you'd forget about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Uh, we better wrap this up quick. <laughs> uh, no, but um, on a serious note, um, how about you plug, you know, because I know you're a creator. And, you know, why don't you just plug something in case someone's listening and likes... Uh, like uh, Vigi Games. If you like video games, you're you might be interested in what we do over at the Breakroom Arcade. It's YouTube.com/slash/c/slash/the Breakroom Arcade. Uh, we do two podcasts over there. We have Nintendo stuff where we talk about all the Nintendo news for the previous week, and then the Breakdown podcast where we talk about all the media we consume. And basically, it's kind of a chill, let's just relax and veg out kind of podcast. If you want to follow me directly, you can follow me on Twitter at BabaBabs. That's B-A-B-A-B-A-A-B-S. <laughs> so the thing about BabaBabs is that was not my idea. That was my friend Jonathan who wanted me to despe- desperately wanted me to make a Twitter. Uh, and he chose my Twitter handle for me. Oh, wow. And I just never, you know, I never changed it. So yeah. add BabaBabs. <laughs> What a mouthful. I know. I, I spelled it wrong on my own stream overlay, and I had it there for like three weeks until I noticed. <laughs> but yeah, I recommend his channel. It's uh, family friendly, and it, while it does focus on Nintendo, it's just a person who loves video games and media in general. So anyone, you know, it, it's just a good channel to watch and a stream. It, it's it's a tight-knit community. Well, thank you. You can just kind of sit back and enjoy yourself. You're making me blush. Oh, my gosh. You're lying. I'm watching you right now. The Lion King. Oh, boy. Oh, look at us peek all over the place. All right. um, Well, I think that's it for the first episode, man. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. This was a pleasure. Thanks for being the the first person. This this is it. Thanks for listening uh, listening to me ramble. I think that was a uh, a perfect example of that. All right, dope shit.